Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Encourage Project. I'm Amy Fairchild, and today I'm so excited. I have my friend Kenny Lamb. If you haven't heard that name, I know you've heard his work. He is a multi-platinum songwriter, producer, and artist manager with credits in many genres of music. His songs have reached number one on the Billboard charts, including BMI Song of the Year. And if that's not enough, Kenny is also a children's book author. His titles include The Island of Grump and Gilbert and the Search for the Lost Smile, both of which I've read, by the way, and they are so wonderful and I'm so excited. And aside from the fact that he's ridiculously creative and wonderful in the music and publishing space, he's also just a really great dude. So without further ado, I want to welcome my friend, Kenny Lamb. Hi. Hey, Amy. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited. We have tried to do this for quite some time, and I'm so grateful that you took time and energy to spend with me today, and I can't wait to pick your brain about human projects. Well, I am so glad to be here. I love what you're doing. It's really cool stuff. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a really interesting ride so far, and it's only starting. So yeah, let's dive in with you. For people who don't know much about the inner workings of music and how a person gets started with their human project of getting into the music business. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in this crazy world. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's always the thing. Somehow we get started and the next thing you know, it, it takes us off on a ride. And that certainly was uh, was my story. You know, I was just, uh, just a kid that, that loved music, you know, and uh, it's usually where it starts for us in the music industry is we we fall in love with music and we get curious about how it's made. And I think you could apply that to a lot of types of human projects. For me, I just was inspired. It really just, it was something that I had to figure out. Like, how do people make these cool songs and how do they record them? And who are these artists and songwriters and who does what? And there was a lot to learn more than you can imagine on the front end. Mm -hmm, Sure. (laughs) You got to get going. And uh, so, you know, I just, uh, I followed my trail and I think everybody's trail is, is their own and and very unique. However, we all share a lot of the same roadblocks and challenges and kind of human issues that come up when it comes to chasing a dream and and trying to find our potential and so on. Well, did you just wake up day one day and decide you were going to be a songwriter or did you start, what what I understand is a, a more traditional path of being a musician first and kind of experiencing the life of a musician that led you to songwriting. How did that work for you? You know, as it usually is, there's twists and turns that lead you somewhere. And and, and normally, uh, I think the idea is that it would lead you towards what you're, you're best at. Sometimes we fall into things we, that we do that may not be things that, that we're the best at. But I think that usually there's a filtering process. If you really get on that path of finding it, you know, the trail will lead you to what your uh, natural gifts and tendencies allow you to do best in a highly competitive world of, of things to do. Uh, so I didn't really have some, you know, songwriter, producer, manager, artist, all these things. I, I didn't really know exactly what it was going to be. I started chasing the artist thing actually first uh, and actually being a performer and not just a songwriter or a record producer. You know, I was just, I wanted to be the artist and uh, that was fun for a while, but that uh, had a kind of a, a point to where I realized that, you know, maybe there, this isn't my ultimate thing, you know, and to be honest with you, it wasn't where I was uh, the most talented, you know, I was an okay singer, but when you went into the pond, you realize, okay, there's some great singers out there. How do I hold up and, and what's going on here? Well, that led me to the next thing. I, I got better at writing songs and, and I had both those working at the same time and I got my first break as a songwriter and that opened up 
that the rest of that career, that doorway through more of a behind the scenes uh, type of a career. I love what you said about that. Cause one of the things I talked about on a previous podcast was when people initially get a vision for something, it's okay if it's not perfectly clear, it's okay to take a few steps and go, Hey, this is kind of where I think I'm going, but nope, this thing over here is a little more appealing or I'm better at it or I'm more suited to doing it. So I love hearing that it wasn't a perfect vision when you first started down the path of music. I think that's awesome. I think that's one of the real keys to this whole thing. When we get into trying to uh, attain goals and, and, get excited about chasing something is that, you know, it's, it's a, we know it's daunting to look ahead and and to compare ourselves with those who are doing what we want to do at a very high level. But I really believe I like to call it the road to somewhere, you know, it's like, I've got to get on a road that is, that has the right types of stepping stones that, that will help me grow and get better at something. But, you know, sometimes that road starts to show things, the different tools that you need, you know, maybe it's a, you know, you need different types of uh, talents to navigate where you're going. And, and it will steer you towards the things that uh, hopefully you can succeed at and, and that you find where your passions lie and they intersect with your abilities and talents. And so just starting somewhere is so key to get things going. One of the things that you said that really kind of kind of struck me was, you know, comparing yourself to those who are already doing it. One of the things that can paralyze people, and it paralyzed me, honestly, when I got ready to start this podcast I'm looking at the Joe Rogans and the Mel Robbins and the Tony Robbins of the world going, there's no way in hell I'm starting a podcast, right? So how did you take a look at all the people out in the music world and and avoid the paralysis that comes with comparing yourself to that? How did you work through that and continue to put one foot in front of the other? Yeah, you know, it's easy to get stuck and just not do anything when we see those who are just really great at something that we also want to do, you know? And so I think there's kind of two sides to that. Uh, I think one side is that we have to kind of fearlessly look at where the bar is to know that, okay, I've got some practice to do and I've got to really be a student of this to succeed. But the other side of it, I think, uh, is that, you know, everybody's version is different. You know, there were some, I remember there were artists I compared myself to and, and thought, you know, how, you know, how am I going to sing that high and that good and play guitar that well? And, you know, it's just, you know, but what's my version? And so, you know, talent and success, it's not always about uh, having to do it a certain way. You know, we all have our own way of doing things in our own voice, but how to magnify that and make it the best version of it is key. You know, we just got to dig into into our own abilities and create our own version of it. So, you know, there's two sides to it. Like like I say, you know, we we have to know where the bar is, but we also have to know that, that there's room for everyone. We just have to find our way of doing it. I love that you say you find your way of doing it. You know, that's actually kind of the thing that got me over the hump with the podcast was, I know the way that I want to share human projects is something that doesn't really exist out there right now. And that message, somebody needs to hear. I don't know who, hopefully I'm going to find them, (laughs) but somebody needs to hear that message. So I love that you said that. I love that so much. One of the things that I think really must have been a challenge for you at some point was the whole notion of getting un- uncomfortable. I've been in music and you and I've talked about that. You know, it's easy to get comfortable doing the same kinds of gigs and the same kinds of music and the same kind of things. And how do you get uncomfortable so that you experience that growth? And and how did you get comfortable with being uncomfortable as you went on to things like songwriting and producing and uh, talent management? I think that uh, for me, it was about just jumping in. I think to get 
used to being uncomfortable. You've just, there's, I don't know if there's any other way than, than just walking through it and jumping in and realizing when you walk out that, okay, yeah, I might be shaking off some jitters still, but the reality is I survived it. It wasn't this big monster. I thought I was going to, you know, that the next time I'm going to know a little bit <laughs> yep. more about what that means, what that moment feels like. And so hopefully the next time I go in, maybe I'm 90% less, mm-hmm. you know, uncomfortable. And, and so I think through repetition and just walking through it, we, we just have to put ourselves in those positions. Because if that's something that I have to do, if I recognize that as a step towards my goal, and if it has a little uncomfortable tag on it, I still have to be willing to make that step and, and walk through it. And again, it's a great opportunity to see what it feels like and, and uh, you know, not worry so much about the uh, outcome. Just do your best and uh, grow from the experience of it because that's part of those, those, you know, those roads we get on. We have to experience these things before we can become uh, better and better at them. I love that you said not to worry so much about the outcome. That is so much easier said than done, right? Because it, it, particularly in Western culture, we're instant gratification people. We want to know when it's coming. We want to know the answer. And, and oftentimes we want to know all that stuff before we're even willing to take a chance, right? And so how do you, how do you get okay not knowing the answer? You know, how do you get okay with um, being in love with the process versus being in love with the outcome, so to speak? I'm a big believer in just falling in love with the process and, and uh, letting that be what drives you. Um, you know, there's lots of ways of looking at yeses and nos. You know, I always feel like, and there's some some great uh, concepts and uh, different you know writing over the over the ages that have talked about. You know, yes and no are both the same. They just lead you in different places. And so for me, it's like you know wherever it's going to go, I'm going to jump in. And a no can sometimes be uh, more of a not now. It can also mean that yeah, no, not this, but yes to something else, and we don't know what that is. So it's just kind of getting out there and bouncing around, and letting it take you where it where it's going to take you, and not getting so caught up in um, the yeses and nos, and but I will say that it's good to be excited about the yeses and to to have hope for them and to 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 go for those things, you know. But however it goes after that, you know, you've done your best. So. Yeah, I like that. The yeses are kind of like the the fuel injectors, you know. The way I look at it, it's like, okay, you you did enough, so we're gonna reward you. So keep going, right? Don't don't give up. <laughs> That's right, and and there's a lot of ways to to kind of. Uh, you know, quantify success, I guess, you know, because the reality is when you're on the early stages, especially, you know, it's not so much about writing a hit song today. It's about, okay, and maybe you will. And when we're talking about music, you know, the reality is just finishing a song and, and demoing a song is such a successful moment. And, you know, getting out and performing any type of music somewhere in any little little cafe is a is a big stretch from sitting on the couch thinking about it, you know? Sure it is. Sure it is. You have to look at that as, as, as something exciting something to be proud of uh, as something to celebrate and not say, okay, yeah, I'm not playing, you know, Madison Square Garden right now, but, you know, this is equally as big relative to where I'm at. It's a, it's a great start. It's a great moment. And um, so I always try to tell artists that I'm working with, you know, celebrate the, the little victories along the way. It's a lot happier road too, because you're not always waiting on something to make you happy. You know? <laughs> oh, I love that so much. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of what I call aha zonos and yippies. And, uh, you know, the UPs are celebrating the small steps, right? You know, celebrating action, action, action creates momentum. And I love that. Yeah, I just think it's just a real positive mindset, too. You know, we get in a, a, a flow of those kind of, uh, you know, celebrated moments, and you kind of feel like it energizes your days and your process a little more. One of the things that I like about what you said in particular is, essentially, you can only control what you control. You can't, you can't decide whether someone's going to like your song. 
you don't know whether they're going to like your voice. You don't know. I don't know if anyone's going to like my podcast, but taking action and the reward in the action means I am controlling my contribution. I'm not controlling whether people like it or the outcome, but there is some satisfaction in controlling my action and contribution to, to that ultimate vision that I've created. What do you think about that? You know, it's interesting stuff when you think about uh, art in general. You know, thank goodness some of the art that's been created over the years. Uh, it's obvious that the artist they just did something crazy and wild. It ended up being uh, this moment in time that st- stood forever because they just went for it. And, and uh, so I think, you know, we have to believe in what we're doing, uh, entertain ourselves sometimes. You know, we have to, if we like it and it makes us feel good, and whether it's a painting or a a story or a song or uh, any type of uh, creation or a business, you know, if it's something that feeds something in us and makes us feel good and, and that we feel like others might feel that same thing that, you know, then that's very valuable. Generally, uh, if it's something that moves me, that there are enough people out there by numbers that it's probably a good percentage of the population that might also go, oh, you know what, I, I dig that too. Or I can see it that way. And we can influence uh, many people sometimes just by trying to uh, influence ourselves and, and to uh, entertain ourselves in some way. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, one of the first times you and I, I talked in real life was yeah. I, I shared with you that I was going to start this project. And I shared with you my idea behind it. And I was terrified to share that with anyone. I'm like, okay, so you're super creative and, and you've done some things. I'd love to know what you think. And you were like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is cool. I could totally vibe with this. And and to your point, it was great to find at least one other human who thought that this would be something worthwhile to pursue. So thank you for that. That was some fuel that I needed at the time to kind of keep it moving forward. It was obvious to me when you started talking about this concept that there was something that not, not only were you excited about, but you actually, you really cared that there might be something uh, beneficial to those who might uh, want to, uh, you know, engage in these kind of conversations, which can be, uh, you know, talking about comfortable and uncomfortable, sometimes getting past the, the dreamy idea and into the nuts and bolts of what it really takes gets into, oh, I don't want to have to go there, you know, now we're getting into the nitty gritty, you know, but hey, we can have these conversations, you know, identify, uh, you know, the challenges and, and identify things that we can do. Um, I think we're all kind of have our set of game pieces that we have to work with, you know, sometimes we can find ways to add new game pieces to our setup, but you know, there's financial, there's logistics, there's uh, relationships, there's our personal, you know, accountability on, are we showing up? Are we motivated? Are we you know ready to go and walking through fears and things like that? And I think we all, in fairness, everybody has their unique set of those and it's kind of on us to, to navigate and put those together in a way that starts to create some space for creativity and things to grow. It's really interesting that you say that getting beyond the vision, because the vision is the loving, touchy feely. Everybody gets excited about vision, right? Oh, it's the dream. It's wonderful. Kumbaya stuff. And it's taking it to the next step where you start to go, okay, so what's it going to take to get to that vision? How do you get over the initial high of a vision and start to break something down into its actionable pieces. Is there, is there an approach that's really worked for you time and again? How do you do that? I will say that when I started writing children's books and that just kind of came out of a, an idea and a vision and something I thought would be fun to do, um, that was a, a very new mountain to climb. So I was in that position of, okay, you know, I, I know that I have a lot to learn about this and uh, I had a knack with words and it being a songwriter, you know, <laughs> writing the book uh, wasn't uh, as much of a challenge as it was uh, to understand how you know, the business side of it works. So as an example, for me, I, I just had to become a, a student enough to enable 
the, the vision to start to uh, to get on a road that could lead me towards uh, some kind of uh, success, some kind of uh, a way to see that through, you know, whatever level that was going to be at. And so I think being a student of it, whatever it is that I think someone wants to start uh, to begin, um, you know, if the things that we can control would be to be a student of what it is we want to go after that, that knowledge, as they say, is so much power, but it also gives us less stress and more comfort in that world because we kind of know what's going on. We're not just continuing to say, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. It's like, no, you, there's plenty of information out there. We can understand book publishing. We can, under, we can read all kinds of resources that can help us know the world we're entering in. And that way we can better navigate it with um, our version of it and our uh, expression, you know, as an artist in it. Well, and that takes a different mindset too, right? It takes the a mindset of of what I would characterize as humility versus arrogance is too strong of a word. But people oftentimes feel like they have to know all the answers when they're starting something new. And I don't quite understand how, how that is, but I get that people sometimes feel that way. And so how do you get beyond the feeling like you have to know everything to shifting into that student mindset and having some humility going, I don't know, Jack. <laughs> so <laughs> how do you get through that mindset piece, right? Well, it's an interesting point in the music business, you know, because I think uh, to be an artist, especially if you're performing on stage, you need some swagger and confidence. And uh, But the key is to still be coachable because it's, you know, we just got to stay coachable. You know, I always try to try to learn and, and every project I do, I, unfortunately, I still try to uh, see what else I can pull from that to help you know, myself get better at, at making records or better at writing songs. And so I think early on, especially when we're chasing a dream or, or trying to accomplish some things, we've just, if we want to be successful, you know, we've got to be coachable. If we think we know it all already, and if we have a, a personal kind of a mindset or tendencies to kind of not want to study and not want to practice, I think that uh, we just have to understand that that's not going to get us there. You know, it, it just takes, um, there's just too much out, too much out there that we could have access to to help us get better at things and being open to it is really important. I like that being coachable. That's a great word. Yeah. I like that one. So it's swift switching gears just a little bit. So we, we have a vision and we kind of get over ourselves where we start learning more and we become a student again and we're starting down the process. And we've talked a little bit about how, you know, oftentimes just taking action is enough to create that momentum. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the one hit wonder. It doesn't have to go to the top right away. It's taking some action. And you had mentioned earlier about celebrating. So how do you celebrate success? How do you celebrate in in the process? I'm curious. Yeah, I think for me, it's just staying excited. I mean, I'm probably not going to have cake and balloons every time I do something. And for me, it's more of the, it's the feeling I have. It's the excitement. Like I, I'm not uh, above. I still get excited when I finish one new song. You know, it hasn't gone anywhere. No one's heard it. But I'm celebrating because I'm just feeling really good about it. That, that's that's my version of it. I just I feel excited and that passion. I'm not you know jaded. It's not just another day. You know I don't take for granted that I'm doing something that I love to do, and that uh, you know I'm able to uh, to do something new that I've never written before. You know it's brand new. Um, so I think uh, for, yeah for me it's just you know we've got to stay passionate. We've got to watch getting jaded about things, and so excitement uh, is is key to momentum. I think. One of the things I've noticed about you, um, as we've talked and stuff, you have a, a sense of gratitude that I think is pretty um, is pretty solid and extraordinary. And how has gratitude kind of played into your ability to maintain that excitement and keep going through action? I think it's just it's so apparent that our life journey is is very much tied to uh, a lot of our own personal mechanisms that uh, 
may or may not support some of the things that we like to do well. And so there are things about our personal work, our personal uh, kind of status of, you know, how we look at things uh, that will really influence um, our journey. And so gratitude, you know, just changes so much, you know, it keeps uh, you in the moment and it keeps you uh, uh, passionate and excited. You know, gratitude leads to that excitement, which leads to momentum and doing the next thing, you know. And so uh, there are many things you could look at that could be more internal mechanisms, you know, obviously, you know, fear and procrastination might be the two biggest ones <laughs> that we all face and not above and have never conquered. However, I'm aware of them. I think if we can become more uh, consciously aware of some of these things that we all kind of have to battle um, and see how uh, if they're influencing, you know, the things that we'd like to accomplish. And if we have that honesty there, then maybe we can work on those and have some discipline where we're, uh, you know, making sure we stay on track, getting things done and so on. So I like that. I like the, the notion of awareness, you know, oftentimes people just simply aren't aware. And, and sometimes you can get that awareness through self-reflection and sometimes it takes having a friend or a colleague or someone to, to kind of point it out and go, Hey, this might be a blind spot for you. <laughs> so let's take a little look at that, which leads me to my next question around, um, do you surround yourself with people who hold you accountable? I mean, and, and if so, in what way? You know, for me, the music world is so much about collaboration. I mean, my whole career has been built on collaboration, ironically, uh, because it's, it's a very solemn solo journey <laughs> in a lot of ways that's built on collaboration but what you bring into those collaborative moments are a result of your you know your own personal journey of what do you bring to the table you know how much have you practiced your craft how prepared are you how excited are you you know um, all these things and you know even if we're still green we're bringing in our best and so that solo journey will always kind of run in tandem with the collaborative journey but for me being held accountable you know my collaborators um, we all expect a certain amount of tone line you know we're going to contribute in some way and if you don't contribute uh, to the processes um uh, with just your energy and with uh, you know your commitment and professionalism those collaborative relationships tend to dissolve or to uh be as fruitful and so i think that uh that's the cool thing about this business is that we all get in writers rooms where there's two or three of us writing a song at the same time most of the songs you hear on the radio are written by more than one person you know with a few exceptions and and uh when it comes to making records and the whole industry i mean it's just it's amazing how many steps and people there are involved in one good thing happening and that's usually the reason when you see something happening well and, and big out there it's usually the result of great collaboration and people holding each other accountable to do their part well. So a lot of things need to get right for big things to happen. Um, the other thing that I think that can hold us accountable is just the bar. You know, I mean, I, I know how, uh, how good you need to be in a competitive business, you know, and no matter what it is you're doing, there's probably a lot of people that uh, are also trying to do that. Now, again, I think there's room for everybody, but still, you know, the bar is high and that holds me accountable. Like, I know I'm not just trying to do something that uh, might be okay. I'm, I'm trying to do it as well as anybody ever has in my own way. And so that's a form of accountability, I think, too. I like the I like the two sides of it, the bar itself, but also the collaborative approach that you have, particularly in songwriting. And even in your books, though, it was a collaboration with you and the illustrator, if I remember correctly. So it, it sounded like it was a similar process. Absolutely. Uh, and especially with, you know, children's picture books, you know, we, we uh, are in a real true collaboration with uh, the illustrator. Um, you know, the story also kind of sets the, the blueprint 
but the illustrations really make it come alive and um, they, they feed each other. And so it's a, it's a cool collaboration. It was one I had never really done uh, in that way until I was able to finish a children's book and to see it get out there and to, to get pictures of, uh, you know, a parent reading it to their kid at night. It's just, it's the best feeling, you know, and, and uh, it's, it's, but to, to see it through, to, to make that dream happen. And I had to really embrace the collaborative process and uh, that's powerful. You know, the, the solo journey is the engine and without it, we're probably going to be stuck. We have to get that solo engine running. But embracing collaboration and being willing to to partner on projects, being willing to realize where your strengths are and where they're not. And uh, how can you fill in with someone else? I could have tried to illustrate the book myself, you know, and I'm just not a great illustrator. And uh, I know there were better out there. And so you can't hold on too tight to pieces of pie and the percentage of this and that. Whatever it takes to make it happen, you know, is uh, really what it's going to take. Because we, like I say, we've got to create something that's wonderful that might uh, get people talking and want to uh, want to look at it or listen to it and all those things. I'll tell you, one of the things that I've admired about you since I've met you is your spirit of collaboration and just the joy that you radiate when you talk about the process. I so admire that about you. It's uh, well, thank you, and uh, I've I've learned, and just uh, I'm very humbled by the power of collaboration because it's, uh, you know, we we kind of. Uh, have can take a moment sometimes to sit back and reflect on the hard work we've done personally and and uh, kind of have our own ownership to the success in, in some ways occasionally and feel that feeling because it's a good feeling because we've worked hard to get there but at the same time it's really cool to uh to be thankful for the collaboration to recognize it for what it is and to enjoy the process because getting in a room uh with other talented writers and thinkers and that have seen things from different angles it's really a lot of fun. And uh, I think if we embrace it wholeheartedly and just see what, what could be there and, you know, something uh, creative can come out of those collaborations that wouldn't have happened with just one person doing it. Um, it was a real collection of uh, viewpoints and uh, contributions melodically and lyrically that make a song happen. And I think it's the same in business. Um, now, occasionally, sometimes we do, we, we stay on our own track and do something on our own. And there is, like I say, once in a while, there's that solo right or that thing that you do all your own that's very organic and real. And that's that can be an important thing, too. But overall, it seems to me that collaboration is, uh, is a big part of why things get done out there, no matter what it is you want to do. I love that so much because a lot of times people think when they have a vision for something, like you said, whether it's a business or whether it's a creative endeavor or, or it doesn't matter what kind of human project it is. People oftentimes feel like they have to do it on their own, whether they were trained that way or whether it's just something they've always experienced. I think folks often forget that collaboration can exist in any type of circumstance and in any environment and and creates not only support, but also new ideas and new directions and new accountabilities and things like that that can make an initial vision come to fruition in, in, in an even more powerful way. Yeah, and, and you might find a mentor along the way and a collaborator. Sometimes we get to work with someone who uh, has been down the trail and back, and you realize, wow, not only am I collaborating with this person, however that came to be, but there's some things here that I can really pay attention to and learn. And they, that becomes someone that's a trusted uh, source of, uh, you know, guidance. And, uh, and you just learn through the process. Um, and I think, uh, but, you know, it's good to talk about collaboration from other sides too, like the reality of how to find collaborators. And I do, uh, I talk to some artists who would love to collaborate more, but maybe they don't know how to find them and how to find good ones. And so um, I, I think it's good to address that. And so, you know, for me, I, it's again, back to the starting somewhere. 
a lot of times early on in our careers or early on in designing a dream, we, uh, we have to, it's, it's just ourselves. It's, it's a, it's a laptop and a, and a couch and a, you know, it's just, it, it's all, all those things. And sometimes we don't have anybody else to collaborate. So we've got to start building something on our own. But when we start to have something a little bit tangible to show like, Hey, instead of just calling up or reaching out to a possible collaborator and saying, Hey, I got this idea. You want to collaborate? If we show some momentum and some raw clay, some things I've been working on, uh, that tends to help, uh, kind of, uh, you know, be a calling card to those collaborators. They might see something real and go, Oh yeah, I get that. And, and also they can just see it for more of what it could be versus just the thought idea. Um, and it, but it's a, you know, finding great collaborators and finding our, are good collaborators and the right chemistry to connect with, that's going to be a journey. You know, it doesn't just happen overnight. We have to get on that road as well and and try some things and see what works. So we have a few more minutes left. Uh, What's something that, that you would want to share that maybe I haven't asked you or some, some advice or, or wisdom you'd want to pass on to people who are starting this journey of creating vision and moving forward with a human project and taking action. Is there anything I hadn't asked that you wanted to make sure that you got out there? Yeah. You know, I just, I love talking about this. I think it's really the heart of so many things just as far as uh, people in the world wanting to be happy and to uh, be able to uh, find some potential and purpose in life, you know, and and there's so many different conditions out there in the world and uh, you know, we're all faced with what ours looks like. And, but I I do believe no matter what it is, if you know, there's a, there's a way and, so if we get on that road, I just feel like that, uh, you know, our, it's, it's kind of on us to be strategic, but also believe in ourselves. You know, I, I haven't found a better option. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so, yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. You know, for folks who are listening, you can find out more and learn more about Kenny Lamb through KennyLambMusic.com. And we'll make sure and share that for you so you can research more about that if you're interested in hearing more about him and, and information about what he's doing, the great things he's doing out in the world. And today I want to, I want to call your action to what actions can you start to take from your vision to move that forward and get more clarity and also be thinking about collaborators. You know, it may feel like the vision that you have for your human project is something that hasn't ever been done before. It feels scary or it feels overwhelming. Who can you talk to and who can you research with and who can you start to build ideas with that might help you to start along this journey? And then reflecting today, take time to reflect on aha, zonos, and yippies. You know, Kenny has shared with us some great insights today, and I I can't wait to come back and actually listen and make some notes for myself because there there are things that I heard. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do that. Oh my gosh, I'm going to do that. So what aha, zonos, and yippies? And as always, connect with the community. You'll find us on Instagram and find us on Facebook and share what's going on with your projects. Share what you're learning. I love celebrating with you and moving that stuff forward. I want to thank Kenny again. Thank you so much for your time. It's so great to see you, my friend. And I appreciate you being here today. Thanks, Amy. It's been really fun and uh, just excited for your new podcast. And, uh, you're, you know, you're such a, a great person to, to share things like this with the world. So looking forward to more. Awesome. Thank you. And take care, everyone. Be safe. <laughs>